Welcome to Descriptive, a podcast about JavaScript and other things. I'm your host, Khalil, and this is episode four. I want to keep it simple. I want to keep it focused. Today's guest is Bastian Algaia. He is a designer and developer, an organizer of the Decentralized Camp, creator of Zootool and the Kirby CMS. Welcome to the show, Bastian. Hi. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, thanks. So uh, my first question would be, uh, basically, how did you start with design and development? How did you get into it? And how did you get to this place today? Um, I always wanted to be a designer. That started pretty early. I wanted to start illustrating. Um, I have always had this dream of becoming an, an animator for Disney when I was a kid. And so I was always into kind of design designy stuff. Um, I wasn't completely not into computer stuff, so I got my first computer when I was at um, civilian service, um, which is, I guess I was 20 or something, so pretty late. And um, at that time, I started discovering the computer as a creative machine, and um, somehow I started a, a, an internship afterwards, um, where I had the chance to um, make all kinds of design stuff for an NGO, um, which is the, the FSC, it's this paper um, wood label. Um, so you can be sure that everything that you buy with that label is um, yeah, from, from sustainable um, forest management. And um, they didn't have any kind of designer in, in their team. And so I had a chance to do anything that is related to design design um, posters and campaigns and all kinds of stuff and also the do their website and that was when I got into kind of development for the first time um, I pretty much started with um, Dreamweaver just because I thought that was how you build websites and then that brought me into yeah checking out HTML and finding out the, the background of it when I somehow failed with Dreamweaver at a, at a certain point and so from that point, I got to um, to JavaScript first, and then to PHP, and um, into writing, yeah, more like sophisticated stuff. And I never got away from that. It was not intended, so it was completely not what I wanted to do. But somehow, this combination of design and development that fit perfectly uh, perfectly to me, and yeah, it, it sticked from that point. And so that was in about two thousand two or something. And um, I started making all kinds of small jobs from there on for friends. For so was that right out of university or something like that? Or no, no, that was actually before university. So that was directly after civilian service. Ah, I had this internship, yeah, mm -hmm. and then um, after the internship, I decided to to study design, <clears throat> and so I got into design when I already did some kind of freelance jobs for small. Um, for small companies and, and, and friends of mine, bands mostly. And um, yeah, so I got into design and, and, and into design university when I was all, all already some kind of mixture between developer and designer. And the design um, studies even extended that more. And so I kept on doing that. Yeah, that's pretty much how I got started. Cool. And after university, you just started to be a freelancer? Or how did that work? Yeah, exactly. I started um, working on Zootool for my bachelor thesis. Ah, mm -hmm. And I finished the first version of it um, through this 
three months that we had for the bachelor thesis. And then I had a master class afterwards and I had a chance to spend uh, the master thesis on Zootool as well. So Zootool bit pretty much um, was created during during university already. And then I, I got friends with a, uh, with a professor at the university and we decided to um, to launch Zootool together afterwards. And so I started my career after the university in, in a, with a mixture of having Zootool, running Zootool on the one hand and um, doing freelance work on the other hand for all kinds of clients. And what, for the people who don't know, what was Zootool? Zootool was a visual bookmark service, so it was pretty much like um, an extended version of what people knew back then as delicious. So you, you could not just collect all kinds of links in a, in a text form. You could also collect images, videos, um, documents, all kinds of websites, and you got a, a preview for pretty much everything. So you got a screenshot for websites and you got a, a thumbnails for images and videos. It's It was pretty much like um, Pinterest is now, um, but in yeah, a pr much more earlier stage. And what did you use to build it? I I used the, the classical lamp stack, so I I never really switched uh, because this this mixture of design and development worked really well for me. But I had to focus in a way, and so I always stuck with PHP and MySQL mostly and for Zootool especially. And so, yeah, Zootool was built on that on that stack. Mm -hmm. Very, very old school. But worked well. Did did work quite well. And how did that work with the screenshots? Like, how, how did you take them? Uh, I always used an external service for that. So oh. there was a German service in the beginning, but was super expensive and crappy. And... Um, I switched to something later, which is not very well known. It was called Bluga Thumbs or whatever. I don't know. It was an external service, so you could just ping, ping them within uh, with the URL that you wanted a screenshot for, and they prepared it for you, and then they send a um, a ping back that the, the screenshot is now ready, and so you could download it. Okay. So, yeah, that that was it, it. Kind of worked, but it also somehow ruined us because it was just super expensive to rely on this external service. Oh, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so it was expensive to pay them, or what was it exactly? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So okay. they, um, the service itself was pretty expensive. I think it was just not made for this kind of volume that we had. Mm -hmm. And also, um, yeah, hosting those screenshots in the end was pretty expensive. Right. And... But you try to do something like you try to in, uh, to get people to pay for it. Is that right? Yeah, it was the it was the classical um, freemium model. So there was mm -hmm. free there were free accounts for a long time, and then we tried to to introduce pro accounts, um, and we introduced them with a pay what you want model. So you could just there was the slider. We had a slider where you could just drag the, the slider from left to right to, to set the amount. So from basically just a couple of dollars to up to one hundred dollars per year, mm -hmm. and that worked quite well in the beginning, but um, didn't work so well over a longer period. But it was a fun experiment, and um, yeah, 
in the end it failed financially, but that's that's fine. It was was just Zootool was a, a lot about experimenting and finding yeah our ways of of running this and yeah just coming up with it. It was it was a lot of. I I never really expected it to be launched in the first place when I started it for um for the thesis. So it was quite amazing that it grew grew so big in the end. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's uh, definitely a success that you even launched it and then and then ran it for such a long such a long time. Yeah, it it ran almost for six years and wow. got got one hundred and fifty thousand users in the end. So that was really really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it was also discovering for myself how um how difficult it can be uh, to run something if you don't have a serious business plan f- right from the beginning and if you don't follow this plan of just selling it some someday or having this kind of exit strategy to to give it to some whatever to yeah to buy, to sell it to some company yeah uh, you, you can't you can't just come up uh, with something like that on the fly just stick it on top and then say okay this is going to solve it right yeah exactly <clears throat> mm-hmm. okay so so then you stopped Zootool did you start working on Kirby during Zootool time already yeah exa- exactly because Zootool was never really um, paying for my bills so I had always had to do client work all the time so um, <clears throat> I, and and the client work actually was a lot of uh, was there was a lot of focus on on building content management systems all over the years i started that already at the internship i mentioned and um built lots of different different systems i started with super crappy systems in the beginning and then it, they they evolved and at some point i f- i found this i this um this idea to use the file system for a very small newsletter tool that i built for um clients and that was about I don't know, about six years ago or something. So while Zootool still existed, I started working on that. And this evolved into what Kirby is today. So it went from a file-based newsletter system into a file-based content management system, basically. Okay, well, that's that's a big step, though. I mean, Kirby, even Kirby version 1 was much more than... Uh, a small file system based newsletter newsletter <laughs> tool so so uh, could you just summarize what kirby the first version was at the end of the day a client came to me and asked me to to build them a um a newsletter system with a very small budget um and all they wanted to do is to enter some content and then the, the newsletter system should fetch that and put that into a template very simple template and um, just prepare the HTML and they sent those uh, that HTML to a to a third party provider which just used that HTML to send it out to thousands of contacts whatever I don't really remember it completely but um, so what the system really did was just to have a you had you had a folder for an issue and in that issue issue folder you had like multiple text files and in images and those text files were like the blocks that the build the the final template for the for the uh, newsletter, and um, so yeah, that was pretty much very basic. But it showed me that the the file system is very flexible, and that I can come up with pretty much any structure that I want to to build and provide for clients. And so um, the second round was when a design um, friends of mine started a design agency came to me and said they want to 
wanted to, to build their first website for their new design agency and they wanted to have something that they could use on a daily basis to add new projects to um, yeah, to care for those projects and add new kind of images and content, whatever, and just a very simple way to do that. And I, the first thought was to use the file system again and build them uh, something around that. And it worked very well. So the first version of Kirby was a very much extended version, of course, from this newsletter system targeted at um, design agencies who want to build portfolio with it. And so it was just... a you could just create pages for um, you could just create folders for any page and then put a text file in there to hold all the data and then put any kind of images that you want to have with the project into that folder as well and so the template system would just pull that together and create the portfolio page out of it so did you just happen to have a lot of clients that are design agencies or did you did you then um, contact them directly and say, hey, I have, a, I have a tool that, you know, would be, would work for you maybe for a portfolio. That grew like very that. organically. So the first agency I was mentioning was, was just friends of mine from university. And um, they had already some, some good clients at that moment. And so when I started to work on that system, they saw that it would be the perfect one for them. And so they suggested it to their clients as well. And so this started to to grow into some kind of um, snowball effect. So um, the first they 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 suggested it to a couple of clients, and that, those clients really liked it, and so they suggested it to other clients as well. It started mostly with design agencies and um, with with uh, architects, architecture bureaus, and also photographers, and so this is this is how it started very slowly in the beginning, just a couple projects three or five projects in the beginning and then it, it grew from there and so this the idea came up to to um, to sell it in the end because it seemed to be really useful for lots of people cool and uh, so my experience with uh, with Kirby is when I try to suggest it to uh, Somebody who is trying to do a project, like there's always the same kind of systems mm. that are in play, right? There's WordPress and, you know, whatever the heck PHP of CMS yeah. is out there. And whenever I try to get Kirby into play, it's, it's very often there is a lot of like um, yeah. suspicion and like they're like they're f like you can f you can smell the fear, you know, like, oh, my God, like just text files like mm. what is this you know do you do you have any of those experiences is it sometimes hard to to sell do you actually also do now do you do you do jobs with other cm cms systems do you have to write other cms systems or can you just work with kirby with your um i completely stopped working with other content management systems just because it would not be able to i would not be able to work on kirby at the same time do client projects and do that with a different system and also what I'm trying to do now is this mixture between client projects where I can use the experience again to improve Kirby because I want to be my own client in that case that I can say, okay, this part of the system really makes sense. But there's, um, and I also want to be able to, to kind of experience the, the problems myself and say, okay, this, this has to be different. It doesn't work in real life. Um, 
I don't I didn't really have this kind of issues myself for my clients, um, mostly because I don't convince uh, an agency team that they should switch to something something new if they used, for example, typo typo three for ages or something. But at the same time, I also hear lots of people looking for alternatives. So especially those coming from the WordPress um, camp, they there are lots and lots of people who search for alternatives. And also with, with the kind of old school um, systems like Typo 3, people start to tell me that they are looking for something new because it's most of the time those systems grew over the years and they grew really big and very bloated and yeah. so they are looking for something more simple and something that is kind of not that, uh, yeah, it doesn't introduce that kind of overhead that most systems have, for especially for smaller projects. And that this is where, where Kirby fits quite well, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think Kirby fits, uh, if you think about it, and if you see the kind of projects that some agency are agencies are building, or um, Kirby would fit for... for poof, a lot of those projects and many times clients are paying a lot of money for really really big oversized systems with they pay licenses and all this kind of stuff and at the end it's just content you know yeah yeah it's 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 really amazing um yeah so i i'm a big fan of using kirby for a lot of things that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so so now you you just recently released uh, version two two point So how long did it take you to to finish that second version? Oh, that took so long. Um, <clears throat> I I just got asked recently how many hours I think I spent on it, and I I just did a very rough calculation. I think I I spent about two and a half thousand uh, hours on it so i started <laughs> wow. about two years ago i started actually i started directly after launching kirby one so okay. once you you launch something i felt I, I instantly felt feel the pressure to to make it better and come up with a better version and yeah it's this kind of it never ends it's a never never ending story but it took me very very long and that have um what happened is that i somehow when Kirby one launched it, it's it, it got a quite nice user base pretty pretty soon and I was super happy with the success and people were um, very nice very nice feedback got very nice feedback and I felt this pressure to have, to have a new version with all this kind of feedback in it but at the same time um, I somehow thought okay I can mess this up big time mm -hmm. and I have to do anything to avoid that I mess it up and so I come up with a second version and which will just be a failure and especially because it's this kind of strange mixture of getting lots and lots of ideas from people what you should add or what you have to add some people are very demanding what they want to see in an, in your kind of application <laughs> and then it's it's super super hard for me at least to grow a big, uh, uh, I don't know if you say that in English even, uh, grow a, a thick fur and say, okay. Thick skin. Uh, yeah. Thick skin, yeah. And, and then just say, okay, this is, it's nice to have all this kind of feedback, but I want to keep it simple. I want to keep it focused. And keeping focused on yourself, uh, by yourself is very, very tough. Yeah. So, it's, it's been, it's, yeah. so how did you, how did you, how did you manage to make decisions with yeah, this I, feedback? What, what actually happened is that I built the first 
second version, so like something in between, and that took me about a year. And then I basically threw it, threw it away again and mm. started from scratch because I'm I what I learned after the first version. I I I took this year to write lots and lots of code and create all these kind of features that I wanted to add. And then I sat there one day and thought, okay, now I did exactly what I was so afraid of. I just completely bloated it. Um, and then I threw lots of code away again and just started started over. And so it took, took very long because, yeah, because of this fear of ruining it. I, it somehow happened to me with, with the Zoo tool because... Zootool was a lot, um, yeah, was a lot um, involved. Um, a lot of things happened with Zootool in this kind of line where people suggested things and then I added them and then I realized that people ask for things that they actually don't really need in the end. So you build this kind of features because you think you, you need to build them to move it forward and then you build this stuff and people don't really use it and they think, okay, I have to add some more features, then they will probably use it and then you add more and you realize it's not working that way. Um, the focus is what keeps people using it, not adding stuff over and over again. Mm -hmm. And how did you decide on the features that you now implemented in, in what what... what made you go for how did you manage to focus on the right features that you think are right and then implement them i mean i can just hope that it worked out and that the right features made it into that release mostly i just tried to make it more what it already was so a system that is kind of not giving you a plug and play solution so you have but but a but a really good toolkit of of functionalities that you can plug together to build what you have in mind, and so I focused very much on on improving that and making it even more easy to to plug different parts together and write your own things and create your own styles and and for your site and not being and trying to to make Kirby go out of the way even more. Okay. I can only hope that it works that way, but um, well that will. The future of Kirby 2 will tell that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're just trying to make it even more flexible than it was already, right? Exactly, exactly. And also, on the other, on the other hand, that is the core, um, the file-based core of it. And on the other hand, of course, the web interface at the same time has to be more um, user-friendly. And so that was mm -hmm. another big focus to make the, the web interface really good for people who are not into kind of file system stuff. Right, so I, I guess that's a that's a huge thing for Kirby, right? That you have a really good backend or like an yeah an interface for the content management, so that people can easily write write their content in there, and that they can upload pictures and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that the first version didn't have that in the beginning, um, and people really ask for that a lot because that's the, the file system works great. For lots of people who are used to use um, a file server, for example, all the time or write text files, stuff in text files anyway, but um, there are lots of clients who don't have this kind of, um, yeah, this kind of interest to, to invest time into something like that. They want to have just a very simple tool where they can enter enter things in the right place and then they get pushed into the, the right places again on the website. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, that, that interface is very important for Kirby, 
yeah. I mean, it much. should. It should. Uh, I guess it, it's it's definitely going to open up the the possibilities or or um, the client base basically is going to yeah. explode. Yeah. <laughs> Abs absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so I think uh, I saw some tweets <clears throat> where you were talking about implementing that that panel um, side of Kirby. Um, the panel, uh, the panel being like the web interface to to manage the content, and you were saying I think that you tried out to work with the JavaScript framework first, but then you threw it away. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. What was that? Was that Angular you tried? That out? was yeah, that was Angular. That was also part of being uh, taking it so long. I spent a lot of time trying different kinds of solutions. I ended up working a lot with Angular in the end. And then I came up with something that and someday I just realized, okay, the typical thing that happens with lots of frameworks, me at least, um, I'm happy that those things happen to me all the time, that you invest the first couple hours and you think, oh my God, I can do everything with this framework. It's amazing. And then when you are spending just like months with it, you realize that there's lot of, lots of stuff where you have the, to know the framework inside out to solve exactly what you want to, to do it. Mm -hmm. And then um, with Angular, I came to that point where I just didn't, didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't understand what's going on there. Okay. And so I would have to dig really, really deep to understand what is going on there. I mean, I'm not um, that much of a JavaScript developer. I'm not um, like, a, I, I know my way around. I can build good applications, I think. Sutul has been. Um, been very much built on on top of JavaScript, um, and and the, the panel is very JavaScript heavy as well. But um, I'm not a a JavaScript developer, so I think there are people who understand the internals of JavaScript better than I do. But I still felt that I can do simpler versions for the things that I want to do. I can build simpler kind of constructs to, to get the things done that I want to do. And in the end, that is somehow um, something that I realized lots of times during uh, working on Zootool and also working on Kirby, that um, there is con uh, if, you, if you are a, a one-man team or a two-person two team, a small team, um, it can be better to just focus on creating something that is very, very um, simple, and because you have to, to manage it over a long time for yourself and you have to care for it and find the, the, the kind of issues again over, over time. And so um, it's, it's, it's more easy if you create stuff your own and you know the inside out um, and you keep it simple. And that is what I did in the end for, for Kirby as well. And so I somehow feel better about carrying it around for over the next month and knowing that I yeah. have it under control. Yeah, uh, so um, well, I don't think you have to feel bad that that you didn't uh, understand the internals of Angular because I think almost nobody does. It doesn't matter if you're a JavaScript developer or not. Like this uh, is pretty crazy. But um, uh, yes, yeah, so do you have like an example what uh, of of one of the things that were difficult to do with Angular? I never I never really got through the, through this event stuff. I, uh, I always got into this kind of hacks all the time. Okay. I never, I never really understood how to to um, 
to solve problems in a in a good way and i never really found like the the perfect tutorial to, say, to tell me okay this is this is the the best way to do it mm-hmm. it was always like yeah we suggest you do it that way and then you did it that way and then other people came around and said oh, no, that's not the, the best way to do it you should do it mm-hmm. that way and you always get this kind of idea that nobody really knows what he's doing they just <laughs> suggest stuff and then it might be good but it also might be hacky again yeah and that's definitely a problem documentation mm-hmm. best practices best but yeah yeah. Uh, so, what did you end up using? Just jQuery, and then. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, and did you? How do you structure your code? Do you use uh, plugins or jQuery plugins, or do you have modules or something like that? I use simple jQuery plugins most of the times, and then I've written some very, very simple um, view system that's just loading views and then firing events once the the views are loaded. And yeah. it's 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 I think I think it's very simple. But it, it does the job very well, and um, it's not that much code. It's really not that much code, and I feel better the less code I have in it to carry around. So that's that's pretty cool now. I'm I'm happy with it. Cool. <clears throat> and uh, I have another question about code structure because uh, Kirby has a really nice API, right? You have a you, you always say you have a jQuery like API for your PHP side of things in, in Kirby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I'm wondering, uh, also now with the version two, and you did everything, you know, bigger and better. Are you using like pro- like patterns that you that you would use in big software projects, like I don't know, MVC and Factory and something like that, in order to keep your code kind of organized, or do you have your own system? How do you how do you do that? I don't provide an um, okay. That's that's two things. The, the core, uh, so the the entire file system stuff. That is just um, very simple PHP classes that are stuck together in a, in a sensible way, and I try to make them as clean as possible. Um, the panel is built on a very simple PHP uh, MVC, MVC, so the, the functionality of the panel and the back end functionality of the panel is built with a simple PHP MVC. So I, re- I wrote that on my uh, on my own as well, um, just again to keep it very simple, very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, to have only the functionality that I that I need for Kirby, I, I thought about using something like Laravel um, or a similar frameworks. But in the end, um, what I need for Kirby is so um, so simplistic. Not very not it's not um, easy, but it's just I can focus on the code that it needs, and I don't need to to have huge libraries in the background of it to run it. Right. And so I want to keep those out in the first place and yeah keep it again simple yeah yeah cool <clears throat> so what are the the biggest and most important changes in in version 2 um of course the panel is, is the biggest change it's it's completely redesigned it looks completely different has a much better handling of forms you can build all kinds of different forms for your for the, the kind of data that you need it has um, built-in user management, which is what which has has not been uh, available for the first version. So, you, with mm-hmm. the first version, the, the user man- management was very very basic, and the second one is really that much better. Um, you have you have uh, the user management is also um, um, built in a way that you can use it as well for for, for the front end. So you can create users and um, 
and assign different roles to them and then just build the front end in a way that there are um, locked pages which which only different kinds of groups can access. So that is something um, which has only been possible with a plugin for Kirby 1, but which I thought is a very, very powerful feature because you can it's it's very simple in the way you can use it. And so it gives front-end developers a chance to just have a user management in, for the front-end, which is super awesome for all kinds of client projects where you can build kinds of different locked areas, download areas, for example, for files that should not be accessible by, for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a better plugin system, it has a better routing system, so you can create your own routes and use them to, to make all kinds of functionality um, available. It has a built-in email system, so you can send emails right out of the box. You can, it has a built-in thumbnail system, which has not been available in Kirby 1. Um, it's much faster, the core is much faster. Um, it's more efficient in the way it fit fetches the files um, mm. and reads them out. Um, and it is built to, to scale more, so you can create big, bigger pages with it, bigger, bigger sites. Um, and it has a lot of lots of different details in the in, for the API, which make it easier to use the API on, in the template. Because I'm using PHP on the template system, um, and so I focus very much on creating better ways to fetch pages, fetch the data of pages, fetch fetch images from pages, and all these kind of things. Make related uh, relations between pages and stuff like that. Cool. It sounds really, really powerful. So uh, we had a little conversation on Twitter because I was interested in uh, using Kirby as a backend for, for JavaScript apps. So um, uh, is, there, is there an easy way to implement like a, uh, like a REST interface with Kirby so that you can basically from the front end, you can send a request and then it creates the text file with the data that you sent basically. Yeah, that is, um, we were, we've been talking about that because it has been in my mind for such a long time that the file system is... Hello, hello? Hello? Ah, yeah, there, there you are. <laughs> um, I, just heard, I heard, just heard the file system is and then you were gone. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been talking about this idea uh, of providing a, J- a JavaScript front-end for it because... Um, this has been in my mind for for a long time. The file system has turned out to be really powerful because what you get basically is like a very cheap NoSQL database and just very simple. Very simple. Lots of people would say, "Oh my God, it's not a NoSQL database. It's not very scalable." Of course, it is not. But um, on a on a small basis, it's it's a very very powerful system to store all kinds of data and all kinds of data types. And so the idea always was to, to use that um, to create your own kinds of apps with it. And so Kirby 2 is, is focused on that. The entire API is focused on um, creating your own stuff out of it and creating your own um, pages and put data in there. So it has a, 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 an entire CRUD uh, system built in. You can just create new pages and create um, data for those pages. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's very easy to build a REST API out of that. I've done that for the panel, basically. So the panel uses a REST API. Um, and so the idea was to use that REST API or an extended version of that 
and build a JavaScript um, library for it, which then is able to create pages and maybe sign in users or whatever, send emails. A bit inspired by what Hoodie does, but on this very small scale, so you would have a very simple way to create apps that could run on basically any PHP hosted site in the end. Yeah, 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 it's, it's great because you, get, you also get users already for free. Yeah. And, and uh, um, yeah, authentication and uh, yeah, that's awesome. So this is really, I think this is a, this is really a very cool thing. Like that's the, the third, I think like a third client group <laughs> for Kirby maybe, you know, like people who want to quickly uh, have a backend for it, for JavaScript or any other uh, yeah. kind of um yeah application <clears throat> it's not i mean it's not there yet but it's it's completely it's totally on my list because right. i just want to have it on my own i i used kirby a lot in the, in the last um years to build all kinds of stuff which is not really about content management um it's i built a little invoice tool for myself um and, and a text tool and all this kind of things and um, I always I, I also thought about building a self-hosted Zoo tool version on top of Kirby, mm -hmm. because if you are thinking about a small scale like a couple thousand entries or whatever of a, of different types, then the file system can totally work out and fine. And mostly when you want to build something like an invoice app or for something similar, um, you don't need a huge backend, especially if you are thinking about single user applications. So for your own uh, things, mm -hmm. but you get this kind of flexibility that you really want for most most of the times without uh, the hassle of creating a database or whatever handling a database in the background and handling a huge um, a huge layer between it and, and your application. So that would be amazing. I'm I'm, I'm really uh, um, yeah trying to keep that high on my list and make it a priority for the next month. Cool. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. I think that is uh, that is a really great use case uh, for Kirby because it's so easy to get started with it. It's so easy to install, so easy to put on the server, and uh, yeah. So I would definitely encourage people to to try it out and JavaScript developers to try it out for, uh, as a backend. Even if if you don't have your library ready, people can always contact you and ask you how to implement the REST API or something like that. Right? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, it would be cool to work together with some some people to on that idea to to extend it the way and to to build the REST API for it. So that would be a, a really cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I definitely um, um, as soon as I can, I will definitely try out some. some it's it's stuff. it's always a time problem. I completely I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a little pro little uh, pri personal project that's in the pipeline where I am thinking of trying something with uh, with Kirby so maybe cool. we can we can talk about that <clears throat> so uh, yeah um, Kirby so congratulations for uh, you know launching version 2 that's that's really great that you got it out of the door and Thanks. Um, do you uh, what's the feedback like so far it's really good it's really good and it, I, I was I was afraid of it because I changed the license uh, license model and um, so there is now a, a more expensive commercial license and a less expensive personal license. And I was kind of afraid that it would backfire and that people wouldn't like the new license model. Mm -hmm. um, but they actually do. There was a lot of good feedback for it. I'm sure they're yes. happy to because it's not it's 
What is how much is the commercial one? The commercial one is 80 euros. Ah, okay. Um 99 dollars and the the um, personal one is half the price of the of the of Kirby one, so it's just 15 euros or 99 dollars I guess. Okay. So it's it's um yeah, I just made this kind of separation because I think it fits better to the to the um target group of Kirby because there are the, the commercial projects which where it doesn't really matter that much how 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 much the license really is and which yeah. can help us to to move forward Kirby much more and provide better support for it and then there's the personal target group which wants to use Kirby for kinds of personal blog or whatever personal right. website for the family or something like that and the the price for them has always been a bit too high for my um feeling so mm -hmm. it's i think it's kind of a good separation to to keep yeah to, to make it easier for people to to um, use kirby for personal projects but also bring in some more money from the um, professional projects to make it grow better cool yeah i think that's uh that's a good choice because they really i mean as long as it is like under 10,000 euros I think they're happy <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially the bigger yeah, then companies I, they don't really care <laughs> otherwise I would have to uh, I should have called it enterprise version and then <laughs> everything above 10,000 euros is totally doable <laughs> exactly you should have an enterprise version that's exactly like the personal version just more expensive yeah it's, yeah. Uh, cool and uh, ca can you make a living off of it or how much Of, of your income does it supply it supplies about 80 percent of percent of my income which is awesome wow um that's great yeah and so it's it's kind of this um this but but this has also been a reason for this this decision because um now it's this kind of step where it takes a lot of time to to, to run it and to build uh, to provide support for it Mm -hmm. And it would be good to have um, to have someone on board as well. And so I, uh, a, fr a friend of mine joined me and helped me with the website and all kinds of documentation and things like that. But um, I I can't pay him as much as I wanted to pay him. Otherwise, it, the the proportions wouldn't be right um, anymore. And so it would it, it would be the perfect time now to to introduce a second um, full time developer, a full time um, yeah employee if you wish for Kirby and that's not it's not there yet but mm -hmm. I, I hope it's, it will get there yeah cool I'm, I'm sure it's gonna get there if you keep uh, keep on doing uh, what you're doing I think it's gonna it's gonna work out because I mean it has been growing a lot from from what you're saying I think and because I think the last time we talked about it uh, you told me that it's it supplies like 50% of your income or something like that so Yeah, yeah, it's, it has grown. It has grown a lot in the last month. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, awesome. Cool. I think it's time to get into the picks. So, do you have some picks? Yeah, I have some picks. So, I, just to ask again, it's just anything that. Um, it's anything, anything you want. I don't care what it is. It's just about things that you currently, or it doesn't even have to be currently. It doesn't matter. So, stuff you like, you pick it. If it has a link, it's uh, that would be great. Okay, <laughs> so um, one thing that I enjoy a lot currently is is everything that John Oliver does. Ah, um, mm -hmm. from, 
what I don't even remember his the, the name of his show. It's it's a he's a last week a, tonight. Last week tonight, and um, I'm super um, addicted to to all kinds of new episodes that he sends. I think it's he's doing an amazing job to combine comedy with education in some way and kind of political. Yeah, criticism in a. I, I just love his style. It's really, it's really cool, and I'm, I'm a big fan of what he does. Yeah, I was actually surprised because I didn't like him very much on, um, on the Daily Show. Somehow, mm -hmm. um, I really uh, like John Stewart, but but he was a little bit too excited for me. Um, how like this whole kind of delivery, how he was delivering his jokes was a little bit. Um, too repetitive somehow the, the kind of tone tone of voice that was mm -hmm. I, I did just didn't think think it was funny and it always seemed like he was trying too hard to be funny but now uh on hbo it seemed like i i have the feeling that he might have you know gotten a a better director or somebody or mm -hmm. training or something like that but he's he's uh, very different now in that show he's much much better i think than he was on and yeah it's it's cool definitely enjoy it as well I must say that I never saw him before. Before he he got on HBO and before I think the first thing I saw from him was um, the 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 show he did on or the episode he did on net neutrality, and mm -hmm. that was so amazing and it got share, shared a lot on Twitter and yeah. and from there on I um, yeah that he did a lot lots of great things like the the episode about Ferguson is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's it's a lot of great stuff. Recently, he he did something about um, that. That was not so recent, but he he always takes um, like topics which are re really serious, and then he does a just a great job to to cover them in a great way. And the the the, the one about drones is amazing, really shocking. I just like the way he delivers this kind of things. Yeah, yeah, he does definitely does a a great job at this right now. It's really cool. Cool. So, second pick? Second pick would be all the indie web stuff, which is technical again. Mm -hmm. um, I just saw lots of it on uh, at Bordenon. And I, I I followed in the indie web movement for quite some time, but I never had the time to really um, dig deeper into it and, and implement stuff on my own side uh, so far. Mm -hmm. And um, But what I saw now, how much they evolved and how much... For example, web mentions um, got it's so awesome. I mean, this this entire thing is just so so cool, and I just really want to have it on my website. And so this is very much very high on my to do list. What is moment. that? The indie web stuff. Um, the indie web um, well, movement. Uh, yeah. Uh, the web mentions or the indie web. Uh, just explain both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the indie web idea is that you own your data and you just publish it on your own site. So pretty much it comes from blogging. You just put it on your own website. And it goes so far that it, it comes from this kind of frustration to have everything in, locked in in silos and then not being able to access it later or just being shut down and yeah, you lose right. all your data. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, The, the idea is to, to put it on your website first, whatever you write. It might be a tweet or it might be a blog article or it might be pictures that you put there. And you put it on your website first. And one idea is, uh, of this indie web movement is to um, what they call posse. So you 
put it on your own site and then you syndicate syndicate elsewhere. Um, for example, you put the tweet on, on your site first and then it gets automatically pushed to Twitter as well. Mm -hmm. Or it might be pushed to, to Facebook at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so you always keep, you are the, always the keeper of the things that you publish. Mm -hmm. And um, they've, it's a, it has a lot of to, uh, to do also with um, microformats. So you extend your own website with microformats to make things um, accessible for machines, machine readable. So for example, you can put in all kinds of relations that you have with accounts that you have somewhere else, or you can um, you can add different kinds of classes, uh, microformat classes to your articles, so it's easier for machines to read which kind of is the title of the, the article, which is the body of the article, which is the author of the article, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you have different kinds of pieces that you can put together on your website to somehow build your own little social world, um, social digital world. And one part is um, the, the web mentions, and they, uh, it's, this, I, it's an extended idea of what we had earlier with Pingback, mm -hmm. um, which never really was that great. Um, so you can mention some, some article or some, some, some user on, on your site, and it will aut automatically get pushed to their site and appear there if they have a, um, a website which is web mention ready. That even works with Twitter and Facebook and Co. So you can connect that with um, those services. And when someone mentions you on Twitter, um, that tweet gets displayed on your site if you have implemented it right. And hmm. so they have this kinds of architectures figured out how to do this. And it's, it's rather simple already to implement it. And you have a lot of flexibility to style it and make some really, really cool, cool things out there, uh, out of it. It's also my plan to put that into into Kirby some someday to make it easier for people to integrate this kind of functionalities into their sites because I think it's really really worth it. Well, wow, it sounds really cool. Yeah, it is. It is. I can just um, recommend to check out indieweb.com and indiewebcamp.com. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have a third one? Yeah, I'm not decided if I should use uh, if if I should pick Fastmail or Protonet. Both really kick my ass at the moment. That's it's uh, I, for the first time I I'm I'm really feeling productive uh, and find, I somehow find found the tools that I need to be productive. That's really cool. So Fastmail is is it's a connection between Fastmail and Protonet. So yeah, we um, just pick both. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I moved away from Gmail to Fastmail, and yeah. I'm I'm totally addicted by their web interface. So I'm I I've kicked every email client out of my way, and I just use their web interface now. Cool, nice. And um, and Protonet is really awesome. I I bought a Protonet box um, about a year ago, and they just recently released version two of their um of their system for ProtonNet. ProtonNet is a, is a box which is put at home and itself is just more or less a very awesome um, NAS. But then on there they have a software which is comparable somehow in a mixture between Basecamp and Asana. And so especially the, the new version is pretty much like a Basecamp-Asana mixture. And so you've got a self-hosted productivity tool on there 
with unlimited projects, unlimited clients, unlimited data, pretty much like so. I got eight giga, eight terabytes of data on there. Four, wow. ter- four terabytes. I'm sorry, it's a RAID mm-hmm. system, so it's four terabytes of data, mm-hmm. and it's it's really, really, really cool. And it got so much more, much better over the last year. And they they make a great job. It's amazing. It's great. Okay, cool. So I'm going to do my picks and then we're going to do the music picks. Um, my picks are all videos from JSConf and CSSConf. Uh, uh, oh, EU, yeah. EU, yeah. Also the one that just happened a few months ago in Berlin. Uh, so one is Glenn Mattern GIFs versus Web Components, which is very uh, interesting. He is basically taking... Um, GIFs apart with JavaScript and um, puts that mechanism into a web component so that, and then makes it and makes it very easy then to basically um, make the GIFs faster to stop them to only play them once and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Wow. Um, yeah, to uh, to see that. Uh, another one is uh, by Sarah Suaidan. Um, yeah. She did a talk on CSSConf about styling and animating scalable vector graphics with CSS. So she is basically telling you how to use, like, because there's many ways how you can embed um, um, uh, SVG into your site. And mm-hmm. basically she gives you the best practices. What are the best ways to do it? What are the best ways, you know, to do it for certain use cases? And how do you animate them? How do you um, make them responsive and all this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. So very important for every web developer to know. Um, I would say nowadays because it's getting yeah. yeah because it's just the best solution, especially if you need to display graphics on all those different uh, screen sizes and stuff. And then the third one is uh, is another one from JSConf EU, um, JavaScript and torrents. Basically, this guy implemented torrents and JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just mad, mad science. Let me, let me just find the name. Uh, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be in the show notes. Okay, so that's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be linked up in the show notes. And uh, what is your, what is your music pick? I'm a huge fan at the moment of uh, Winery Dogs. Uh, it's a it's it's a kind of a rock supergroup, new rock supergroup with a um, bass player from Mr. Big, Billy Sheen, which is one of the fastest, most most crazy bass players on on, on the world uh, in the world. And then it's um, it's uh, Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater is on the drums, and uh, Richie Kotzen is on the guitar. And I, it's just I'm, I'm into this kind of music for a long time, and they do some great crazy stuff. And my music pick is Time Machine um, of their latest album. I think they just got one album so far. So cool. I, I love that. Cool. Definitely going to link it up. And my music pick is Mystic, a track called Mystic by Tom Size and Bishu, which are two uh, producers. Tom Size is uh, from France. Bishu, I'm not sure where he's from. But um, yeah, they're working together. Tom Size is... I found him on SoundCloud. He is like really big on SoundCloud. Never heard about him before. He has tons of followers. He does stuff for Matt Decent and all this kind of stuff. So 
he is uh, really um, successful. But yeah, and so this track Mystic, I really, it's kind of an, it's, I think it's in the trap category, although it, this is really, I, th I find this whole genre thing really weird. There, mm -hmm. there, there's really no uh, reason to put it into genres because it's not, there is no real characteristic that this is like, this is totally, it's a, a totally epic, huge track. And it has some trap, some trap elements like slow hip hop, kind of whatever the trap was elements in there, but it's not uh, pure trap. If there is anything like that, it doesn't matter. It's really, it's an electronic track. It's electronic music and it's, uh, but it's really epic somehow. And I really en enjoy the, the melodies in there and it's completely instrumental, I think. Maybe a little bit of uh, sampled vocals or something like that. So that's sounds, that's really sounds cool. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So uh, where can the listeners find you on the web? They can find me at getkirby.com. Uh, they can find my my Twitter handle is Bastian Algaier, which is very hard to write down, even I guess for Germans. <laughs> <laughs> so you should you just have to link it there somewhere. Yeah, link it. And and also get Kirby as a Twitter handle for Kirby. Okay, and you also you started blogging again? Oh yeah, I did. That's true. I did that. <laughs> like I still can't believe it, but I did. Yeah. So it's bastianalgaier.com and okay. then slash notes. Cool. Um, so good. So I'm gonna link all that up, uh, and I want to thank everybody for listening. You can find all the show notes for this episode on descriptive.audio/episodes slash four if you have any feedback or guest requests hit me up on twitter at descriptive pod or use the feedback form on the website uh, thanks for being on the show bastian thank you so much for having me it was really cool Woohoo! <laughs> all right Okay, so as always, I'm going to play the music picks here. I am not going to play them all the way through as I did before. They're just going to be um, max one minute or something like that, maybe a little shorter, and then I'm going to fade them out. And you go ahead and buy the tracks if you like them, right? Let's support the artists. Okay, so the first track is from... The first track is by The Winery Dogs. And it's called Time Machine. And the track that I picked is called Mystic by Tom Size and Bishu. Enjoy!